Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the show about real bad movies where three friends talk about them and why they want to hurt us. Today, <laughs> I'm joined by Matthew Gatos. Hey, Matt. Hello again. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. <laughs> I, 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 I was trying to think of anything more specific about how good I am or something, but nothing came to mind, so... I'm swell. Excellent. And I'm joined for the first time by Caitlin Hoffmeister. Caitlin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I love watching movies, especially bad movies. <laughs> um, and I love podcasting. I have a podcast called You're Doing Just Fine, and I get to work on Holy Fucking Science. Can oh, we I swear. It's fine. <laughs> that was okay. the hesitation of, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this word. It's going to be a very slow beat yeah. if he decides to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just cut out the U, bleep out the U, so it's fucking science. Like, you Perfect. still get it. I've heard people yeah. do that. Like, on, <laughs> on, on big shows where it would basically just get, you know, yeah. and it, it's still there. You know what it is. Yeah. Um, so today, um, actually, Caitlin, do you have a Twitter you want to share? I do. I'm at Snarky Fern is my Twitter. You got that, like, everywhere. I think so. Which is awesome. Well, I don't know. My, I think it's just my Twitter. What's your Instagram. It's my Instagram is Kate Fern Hoff. Uh, that's right. But uh, Tumblr? My Tumblr is Snarky Fern. Okay. Yeah. I have two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just I just gobbled up Matthew Gatos for everything. Yeah. Pretty early on. Like, as soon as they announce a new social media, I'm just like, it's at Matthew Gatos on this, and then this, and then this. <laughs> like, my email is the only one I didn't get. Yeah. I got lucky NG Jenkins is not used yeah. like, by anyone else, so. I didn't even think about it. Like, my name is weird enough that I should have gotten all... All those things. Right. But like my I think your college. name would be too long for a Twitter. Yeah, maybe. But like I could have gotten like Kate Hoff or something. Yeah. Like, but my email when I was in college was Chaffmai, like C Hoffmai. <laughs> and I like my fingers got so fast at doing that. So all my things were Chaffmai, but that's like really hard to explain to people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't really so understand that. Follow me at Chaffmai. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to guess how to spell that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I no kept getting exists. longer and longer emails because I couldn't find what I wanted. And yeah. so I finally got, I'm glad that we have a company. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. Nick at, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, it's and so that's easy. easy. But my, I went from Nicholas, uh, when, when I started my own company, it was Nick at NicholasGJenkins.net. <laughs> best I could do. And then uh, I finally settled on ProfNickJenkins at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, which is obviously when I was teaching. But yeah. We're not talking about teaching today. <laughs> We're talking about one of the most legendary, quote, bad movies of all time. And Matt, this was yeah, your selection. My choice. So Why I'm did gonna, you pick it? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to know. <laughs> also, we didn't say it yet, but it is oh, in the title of the podcast, I assume, true. so yeah. people know. But it, my choice was Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, and the reason I chose it uh, is because I've seen it a bunch of times uh, for some reason. I was kind of obsessed with Ed Wood when I was in high school, partially because of the Tim Burton movie. Sure. Uh, but also just because I was planning on going to film school. And so the idea of I was I was very much into the idea of small crews, small budgets, the Robert Rodriguez school of filmmaking, essentially of like. There are ways to do this that don't need to cost two hundred million dollars. Totally, but I feel like Robert Rodriguez is so different from Ed Wood. <laughs> like... Yes and no. Uh, I think they're both of the mindset. Uh, they think really big, 
Yeah. One of them is just way better at pulling off those big yes. ideas <laughs> than the other one. <laughs> I would say that I think Ed Wood and Robert Rodriguez, and I'm not a Robert Rodriguez fan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the person I'm like just fine. He seems mm-hmm. like a swell guy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really care for his movies. Um, but it seems to be a separation of taste. Like one of them has the ability to look at a shot and go, yes. That selling it and look at a script and say, mm-hmm. yes, that character yeah. makes sense within the confines of this world. Mm-hmm. And one of them maybe doesn't. <laughs> I'm assuming you're talking about Ed Wood for that latter yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I feel like, yeah, his, Ed Wood's whole thing, which uh, I think framing this whole conversation for anyone who's interested in watching Plan 9 also should watch Ed Wood. Because Which I actually haven't seen. It's, it's really good. It's yeah. Tim Burton's best movie. I agree. I, I, I would say wow. it is his best work. It's it also Johnny Depp's his, best work. His, yeah. It's also the most different Tim Burton movie. Like, it fits really well in with his other movies because it kind of has that creepy sci-fi kind of vibe yeah. of the 50s. But it's very much like a period piece, a biopic, not his regular fare. Um, and a good window into an artist. I yeah, think. and I, it, it kind of lends itself to a the making of Plan 9 kind of movie because they go through Edward's life around that time and it really reveals his mindset, like the, the endless optimism in the face of everything, <laughs> in the face of like even your own – like ineptitude <laughs> like <laughs> like edward was not a good filmmaker he was not he, he just wasn't like, i mean he got shit done he, like, that's the thing is he yeah. got it done and he got his ideas done yeah but just not well and this is something that i often think about is that a great filmmaker is a mix of two things one having a good idea and good taste and two being able to get shit done. Yeah, like, and like make decisions yeah. and pull people together. Yeah, yeah. and finish things. Yeah, mm-hmm. which and he was really good at the latter. Yeah. yeah. Of actually making things exist. Did you, in your research, Matt, figure out like how long it took him to make Plan 9? Like, Oh, I didn't. I, well, the one thing was I know he, a lot of his uh, movies were made on a very quick turnaround. It feels like that way. He like he would it, be pushing for budgets and trying to get producers to sign on and they'd say like sure I'll give you this much money for that he's like cool I'll have you a script tomorrow yeah. <laughs> and he hadn't started it yet yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. that's yeah. what I was trying Acula. to figure out I was like I feel like the script took like maybe half a day Yeah, I feel like the film like it feels like real time when you're watching it <laughs> you're like they obviously they built a lot of props and sets yeah. and stuff but then it feels like they're like Okay, this scene. Okay, this scene. Like, day, night, day, night. It totally, it's a really, really high quality play. Which he used to write plays before he started making movies. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We are. So. Yeah, sorry, I might be breaking the rules of real bad. No problem. Um, Matt, it is now your job to select one of us. Ooh, yeah. To tell you the story of Plan 9. Hmm. I don't know how you're going to select. Yeah, I don't. I'm going to just... I was like, you know where we're sitting? We could cover our eyes and like have you like <laughs> yeah. spin around. I'm going to close my eyes for 30 seconds. You guys just switch places back and forth. Um, uh, I'm actually going to pick you, Mr. Jenkins, just because it's your podcast. And okay. I figure get yeah. get you in here early describing okay. a movie. Well, and I made you, you talk describe, about Troll. Yeah. And you describe movies so well. I'm okay. excited. I Story think I can time. do this. Yeah. I think I can do <laughs> there's this. A, there's a lot to unpack. I don't think so. I think I can do this very right. simply. Okay. <laughs> Plan 9 from outer space. There are aliens. They 
are coming to Earth to stop humanity from destroying itself and the universe. That's their goal. And the way they're going to do this is with plan not one through eight, but nine. And that plan, which I want to talk about in detail later, mm. is to bring the dead back into zombie form. Or vampire. Or vampire <laughs> form. It's a little unsure. It's a, well, yeah. I'm a little unsure. Um, to wreak havoc? And just basically kill off the humans, I guess. <laughs> my my biggest fuzziness with this is the plan. Is, yeah. is what the alien plan is. Right. Was that your synopsis? That's my synopsis. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like that. That definitely sums it up. And your uncertainty is the feeling everyone will have <laughs> but, after watching the movie because it feels complete, but you don't know why. Yeah, and I would even fault your synopsis a little bit because oh. I don't think you should tell us why the aliens are there until about three quarters of the way through your synopsis <laughs> because you don't learn that in the movie. You're like, I kept like looking at the description. I was like, it's to stop this horrible bomb, but there's no mention of this bomb. Right. And they're just... Doing it one at a time. Yeah, it sets it up almost in like a, like if you read a plot synopsis, it sends, it sets it up as like a Dr. Strangelove scenario yeah. where there's like a looming disaster or right. a nuclear war or something that they are coming in to stop. But it's not really like they just essentially are doing this weird plan and yeah. at the end their explanation is like, well, you're probably going to destroy yourselves and with all this, of us. Yeah, with this super weapon that you don't even really know about, but you'll stumble upon it. So Everything we're here to stop was, you. Your scientists will stumble upon it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think you really stumbled upon the atom bomb. That was a yeah. weird thing. Like, no, they, they worked on that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everything in science was accidental. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to their big brains, like, that was their argument. But it was like, this movie does not pass the Bechtel test. We should put oh, that out no. right now. No, there are only two women in the entire movie. There's oh, three one women. dead woman. There are four. Yeah. Uh, so there's, okay. All right. I can only think of three. There's I can think the, of three. The one, oh, four. You're yeah. right. There's the fourth woman is at the gravesite. Why is he buried in a tomb? And the other one is oh, buried. Oh, no, there oh, are yeah. five then. Oh, there are. Okay, and then there's oh, the man. flight attendant. Flight attendant, yeah. Oh, man. But none of them interact. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. There's one moment where I like thought maybe the alien woman and our main woman who lives near the, yeah. the cemetery would meet, but no. Nope. Does uh, the one woman screaming at the vampire woman count? <laughs> She's not talking about a man. <laughs> but the other one can't talk. She doesn't talk back, so yeah. I guess it's not a conversation. Yeah. And you she tried. And they're never like in frame together. No, and her scream is clearly not the scream she gave in that shot. No. <laughs> yeah. Um Well, I have a question. Okay. So like I have I have one major point that I would like to get to yeah. about this, but we can get to that My question is so, Caitlin, had you ever seen this before? I'd never seen it. This oh. I just watched it yesterday. This is my first time watching it. I would love to hear you. I, w I would love to hear Caitlin's initial impressions. But yeah. what were you going to say? Before that, I do have to ask uh, all of us to clarify which version we watched. Yeah. Okay. So because there is a colorized version that came out in like 2006. Mm -hmm. That is what a lot of people will find if they go to watch this movie because that's what's on like mm -hmm. Amazon streaming. Right. Um, it's... If you go buy a DVD at like the store, a lot of them have the colorized version as well as the black and white, but they like default to the colorized. Right. So I just want to know which versions we all watched. 
Yeah, so I almost texted you guys, actually, because I borrowed the DVD from Nick, and it has the color version or mm-hmm. the black and white version. And But then I was, like, looking at the cover, and, like, I was like, I think I get it if it's black and white. I think I want to watch it in color because it seems like they're doing, like, glowing orb things in color, and I wanted to see that and see how well they did it. Um, and But then I kind of wanted to watch it in black and white, too, right after I finished because there's certain things that are, like, I don't know if that would make sense if it was in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, but you watched I don't know. the color. I did watch the color. Okay, I have watched both. Yeah, because um, obviously I yeah. have the DVD. Uh, most recently, I watched the colorized version. Okay. So last week, this week, I should say, I watched yeah. the colorized. It's version. pretty fun. I liked the color version. Like, I did I was... the same because I had never seen the colorized version. Gotcha. Oh. I had only ever seen the black and white because that's the one I own on DVD. Cool. But then. Uh, I was looking, because you said it was on Amazon, to see if there was, like, if it was the restored copy, which is a little bit better clarity than my old DVD that I have. Sure. And it definitely is clear, but it is only colorized available on Amazon streaming. So I was watching that. What do you think when the guy turned green? So this was interesting. In my research, I found out... One, I'm not a huge fan of colorizing old films. I'm I'm interested. Like, how do you feel about that? Um... It seems like a pain in the ass. (laughs) And so, and I'm like, but it's, I don't know. I don't think I would be on like 39 steps. I would never want to see that movie in color. But like on this, it's so campy that I thought the like campy cheesiness of the color was really fun. I agree 100%. Like I'm normally against colorizing. Like if they ever tried to colorize the third man, I think I'd throw up. That would, yeah. Well, see, I have a Blu-ray of It's a Wonderful Life that they colorized. Yeah, oh, I remember which I when thought that was happened. Really strange. Yeah, and I, in my personal belief, is I find it weird if the director is not the one who made the choice. Yeah, if mm-hmm. like the filmmaker, somebody involved, because like uh, a trip to the moon, like there's colorized versions of that out that were hand painted frame by frame. Right. Um. So which the fact cool. that they like released that colorized version, I'm fine with that because That's it's not skill. like a fan made thing. Mm-hmm. Right. The reasons I. The reason I have uh, problems with this colorized version is because I researched it more and found out that it was, like, I think it was 2006 they put it out. And it was a company who had, like, essentially got the rights to put it out. They did a few. They did this. They did Reefer Madness. Yeah. And Carnival of Souls. And they auctioned Hmm. off the ability to alter the movie. And they had... To companies or individuals? To individuals. Okay. Okay. And along the way, they had three people who won those auctions. The first person uh, opted to have their name added to one of the tombstones in the graveyard. The second person uh, chose to turn the man green for a couple frames. So that was not like intended besides from this one person was just like, yeah. make him green. <laughs> and the third person, which is the most upsetting one to me, and I noticed it because I had read it beforehand, but once you notice it, it's ridiculous, is the scene where where the ghoul man, the stand-in for Bella Lugosi, comes in to attack the wife uh, in her bedroom. One of the photos behind her on her bed is replaced by a family photo of these people for, like, two shots, and then goes back to being a regular photo of, like, some flowers or something. 
Oh but no! It was like that's... these people had paid to insert their own family photo, which into would be the fine, but be consistent. Yeah, no, it's like... like literally wide shot of this. It's not there. Cuts to a close up. It's there. Cuts back to the wide. It's gone, and it's just like it makes it feel ickier yeah. to me that they yeah. like. Not only did they colorize it, which was an alteration in in its own, but they also felt the need to add fun things in to really change the movie. Weird. Also, that scene is actually I really liked that scene because. You're like, oh my gosh, here's someone I kind of care about and <laughs> she's vulnerable right now. You know, like that was like the only like kind of setup and payoff that I felt emotionally in the yeah. film. And yeah. so then to do it in that scene feels invasive. I hate that. I hate, hate the alterations. I hate the alterations. I'm, I'm all for restoring and cleaning up. Yeah. And, like this is what a pristine negative would have looked like, mm-hmm. you know, if, yeah. if you'd saw it on a first run or whatever. Yeah. I, just altering. I don't care what it is. I don't care how low budget. I, I like the, to me, this is a big deal because I feel like films are time capsules and, and that's an important part of our history as human beings. It's like, what decisions were made? What was there? Why was it there? You know, sometimes it's budgetary. Sometimes it was just the time, you know, when it was made. And 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 altering those things, especially in that really nasty, subtle way. Yeah. When yeah. it's making a total judgment. Right. Here. Like, there's one thing <laughs> like, to be, like, George Lucas saying, like, oh, I couldn't do this in 77, so I'm adding it in now. Right. There's another thing to be a group of people just deciding that you're yeah. going to alter this movie and altering the version that most people will end up seeing. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's... Like, that'd be very strange if suddenly, like, we raised money to go alter Jaws or something. <laughs> and, like, all we did was, like, change the name of the boat. Like, we just, like, changed the a Sci weird detail. Show. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, changed it to the SciShow. And so people are like, oh, wow, that's really weird that, like, in Jaws, the boat's name is the SciShow. I wonder if that's where SciShow got their name. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, you're right. It messes with, with our timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I, I do want to say in defense of Plan 9 from Outer Space, um, its budget uh, was $60,000. What? Which does not sound like a lot of money. Like, that sounds like a lot of money. Well, for yes, yes, yes. In for, movie making, it doesn't sound like a lot of money. For this movie, it sounds like a lot yeah. of money after you see it. Because, yeah, I don't know where that money went. They spend it all on Vampyra. Hmm. She only made $200. Okay, well, they didn't spend it on... Because she didn't yeah. have any lines, maybe. So if she made $200... Everyone else should have probably made less. Probably banked yeah. it on Tor Because she was not famous. Yeah. Good old Tor. All the convertibles. That's what they spent it oh, on. Oh, yeah. I would guess yeah. knowing what I know about Ed Wood, they spent a lot on costumes. Yeah. And and do you think that archival footage of like Hollywood and stuff and the... That's a good question. Um, the military. Military, military stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't I know. Had he paid for that? Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess. I'm not entirely. I got sure. really excited during the military parts. I was like, "This is a movie." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, even for me, it was just like, there was one shot of like a radar dish, yeah, like turning around. I was like, "Good job, that's a good shot." Yeah, <laughs> like, and then we're gonna go back to it again. Yeah, and again, we're gonna keep using again. that shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did love that. Sorry, it's yeah. on the other end of that spectrum. I loved the cockpit so much <laughs> because they're holding. Paper plates. Yeah. Like little cardboard construction <laughs> yeah. paper. And they're just like sitting there. They're not even like looking out the window. Like yeah. <laughs> they know they're just in a room with a curtain behind them. Well, the one guy so too good. is like reading the script off of his lap. Yeah. And then the other guy is like sitting there with his, his hands in his lap. And I'm like, neither one of you are flying no, this plane. No. And I'm pretty sure when this was made, they didn't have any fancy autopilot. No. Yeah. Well, I also even like. 
in the research for this found out that apparently uh, the plane that they kept showing the exterior of the cockpit on that actual plane would have three people in the cockpit at all times and it was like a much deeper cockpit (laughs) thing so like not only is it obviously a fake cockpit but it's even like a bad fake cockpit and and yeah and why wouldn't they like they did the whole like explainer of like tomb versus in the ground and didn't explain it why wouldn't they like I loved that like if they just did like why do we only have two pilots today (laughs) you know oh I don't know like John called in sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, John. We can get by with two. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's not even cross-continental. <laughs> I I do, I love Ed Wood for his ingenuity because, uh, for one, making that kind of cockpit thing happen. Oh, totally. But then also the fact that he had footage of Bella Lugosi. Yeah, that he just that shot. That he just shot because he was like, well, I'm friends with Bella Lugosi. Let's make some footage. And then Bella Lugosi dies. And Edward's like, okay, how can I turn this into a movie? <laughs> Let's get a stand-in to cover his face the entire time and pretend to be Bella Lugosi. Fagosi is what I call him. Fake Lugosi. That's, yeah. 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 Fagosi. Fagosi. I didn't understand that. I was like, why does his hair keep changing? Yeah. And why is he a vampire? Because it turns out he was Edward's wife's chiropractor. Rad. <laughs> that was just like, hey, you be Bella Lugosi, even though you're way taller and don't look yeah. anything like him. The head's different shape. Um, like it, it's, it's funny because like he's capitalizing on the fact that everybody knows Bella Lugosi is Dracula, so you're gonna yeah. be the vampire, right? And then Vampira will be kind of a mix of vampire and zombie, zombie. and then Tor Johnson is just a zombie yeah. monster. Yeah. So really weird. That makes it make a little bit more sense then, because like I, you were asking like about how I would explain this movie to someone and I'd, I'd be like, well, there was this couple of a really old guy and a teeny-waisted young woman and I don't know why they were married. That was weird. I forgot that they were... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my uh, God. They refer to her as his yeah. wife. Yeah. But if they're both vampires... Oh, that's who true. get killed, then that makes sense to me. Oh, yeah, if you brought them back, they yeah. were vampires. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a whole other layer that I don't think was necessarily intended. <laughs> that's Definitely my fan fiction. We might be giving Ed Wood too much credit there. <laughs> uh, I think he was just like, I, I have two friends who yeah. can be in my movie. Yeah. I'm going to refer to them awesome. as husband and wife. Yeah. Um, okay, can I can I bring up my point yeah, yes. that I want to make? Yes. Okay, I want to say... I I say this with affection. This is probably the dumbest movie. It's dumb. dumb. <laughs> like it's not like I've seen worse produced movies. Definitely, I've seen worse. I'm, there's some bad acting in here, but I've seen worse acted movies. Mm-hmm. I have seen people try less in making a movie. I have probably never seen a dumber movie. <laughs> Like, all of the people are dumb. The yeah. aliens are dumb. Yep. The plan is dumb. <laughs> the sets are the dumb. The sets are dumb. Like every... Even the voiceover at the beginning is dumb. Oh, yeah. Criswell, like... The great Criswell, it, it, his whole thing is dumb. I literally yeah. wrote down his opening line, because it's my favorite. It says, <laughs> greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. I love that, too. It was so good. And then there's, like, one... I was like, that's really deep. There's two or three times throughout the opening sequence when, like, he explains the metaphor yeah. of what is happening. He's like, buried, just like his dead wife. <laughs> he's like, but he's not. He's in a tomb. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> Got your point, man. Yeah. 
but he picks the rosy flowers just uh, just like the rosy cheeks of his dead wife <laughs> remember her and that is a staple of ed wood yeah like if you watch any of his other films so i've seen a few ed wood films i don't know if i've seen them all but i've seen glenn or glenda mm-hmm. um i've seen the sinister urge i've seen obviously plan nine and then I've seen a couple films that he wrote. Yeah, there's like Bride of the Monster, Night Which, of the Ghouls. Yeah, Bride uh, of the Monster jailbait. I actually own. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I own it, but I do. Um, and m- anything where he writes it, it's like all on the nose, telling you what you're seeing. Like it is it what we sort of ascribe to Hollywood of treating their audience as dumb. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's Ed Wood. Like yeah. he... Oh, absolutely. You know, that like that is the thing. It just what are we doing right now? Well, we're doing this. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about what we're going to do, then we're going to do it, then we're going to talk about what we did. Yeah, but then also like that but then also mixed in with like things that don't make any sense None. at all and they're he's like they'll get it like <laughs> it'll yeah. be fine plus uh, like, your point of like every character in the movie also being dumb is mm-hmm. very very true yeah because like everyone yeah. from the military the cops uh, were really dumb the cops yeah. like everyone's pointing their guns at each other oh and my themselves. god oh, he's, yeah. he's just waving it around yeah. and, like, you better take this yeah <laughs> like and their, their fingers are always on the trigger yep. and they're like pointing the guns no, at, the, like, at themselves and moving his hat around with it. Yeah. Scratching the underside of his chin. Yeah. He's yeah. like, they're lucky only one of them died. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that is, but yet to say that, it is to me fucking charming. So, and I think that goes to like what you're saying. Like, you've seen movies where they've tried less. Yes. And I think this one is trying so sincerely. Yeah. I so feel it is like really that's charming. Ed Wood's thing, too, is that he tries so hard. Yeah. And it's kind of, I feel like it's one of those things. That if you were in film school and your peer made this movie, you'd be like, what a piece of shit. (laughs) But I should say, we're all film students. We've all been to film school here. We've definitely seen classmates make things like this, only shorter. (laughs) If you are in your 30s and your 12-year-old nephew makes this movie. Upstanding ovation. You're like... Oh my! You tr- look at what you made. Yeah, this yeah. is amazing. Like you wanted to make a sci-fi film. Look at you did it. Yeah, and you and ticked all the boxes. It is a science yeah. fiction, like it, a horror film. It's yeah. got everything. So and I there feel is like, a through line. Like yeah, like <laughs> yeah. some of that young naive enthusiasm is what comes through. Yes, and mm-hmm. so you have to like take it with a grain of salt. Where you wouldn't like, you wouldn't sit someone down and say like watch this movie without telling them anything about it first. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to watch Plan 9 tomorrow night. And they'd be like, okay, whatever. No, I mean, even like giving, you know, Caitlin, when we when I gave it to you, the idea was you're about to watch a bad movie. Right, totally. Yeah. And so that it was like, I was really excited about it, you know, because and it was like, it did not disappoint. You know, like it, if you were like, I'm like so excited. I'm just stumbling all over my words. If you're like, watch this movie and tell me what you think, I'd be like, oh shit. Oh my God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it was just a blind, like, oh, hey, I left a DVD on your desk. Could you tell me what you think about it? Yeah. Like, I hope he didn't make this. What yeah. am I supposed to I don't want to have to tell him. Like, Is that your aunt? Uh, yeah. Vampira? Aunt Vampira. But oh my yeah, God. so, yeah, that but would since be awful. it was like a bad movie and you were like, I'm excited for you to watch this, I was mm. like, this is going to be really fun. Like, and I feel like Plan 9 is fun. Yeah. It's one of the rare, well, not rare, I shouldn't say. There are a lot of bad movies that are a lot of fun. And I feel like this is one of the more fun movies. It's fun to yeah. laugh at, but it's yeah. also got an energy to it that I feel is lacking from a lot of 
low budget films. Yeah. And I think it's what you're talking about. I think it's that energy that Ed Wood brought to everything. Now, the interesting thing to me is that Ed was also very obviously sexually obsessed mm-hmm. um, in his writing. That doesn't come out too much in Plan 9. I mean, there's some of it. In most of his other movies, though, it does. Yes. And if you watch the movie Ed Wood or a documentary about him, they talk about it a lot as it being a big part of his life. Right. Um, is that, one, he would he liked to wear, like, women's, like, underwear and stuff, like, underneath mm-hmm. his clothes, like, almost all the time. Um, and he, like, he would, like, steal his wife's clothes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he was a transvestite. Yes. Yeah. And it's also, he talks about, like, Sinister Urge is about a guy who is, has to do with pornography. Um, Sinister Urge is a, is a film about a porn ring. Right. In the 50s. That um, is it's very bizarre to me because he's obviously very focused on sexuality and he enjoys a lot of these things. But he's also extraordinarily judgmental of pornography in that film. Like it's it's the decline of Western society. You know, it's like and there are these cops and one of one of them is the same cop (laughs) from that was way up in his gun all around. Um, (laughs) But it's. It's all about a guy who gets obsessed with these women who are in these dirty magazines, and then he goes and kills them. So that's the sinister urge. And it's all to, I don't know, at least feel in that movie, it's sort of directed at the sexuality and the the overt sexuality is the problem. Yeah. Um, I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a long time. So I really want to watch, maybe at a later date, when we're far removed from Plan 9, (laughs) I can bring Glenn or Glenda onto this podcast. Because I feel like that's, an interesting movie to watch in today's climate more than it was even at the time. Like right. Glenn or Glenda was a movie that I don't even understand how we got it made. I don't either. Like it's it's about it's it's about like ever, so many different aspects of like sexuality and gender study, yeah. and it's about like sex change mm-hmm. operations, and it's about men who like to wear women's clothes, and it's like a it covers a bunch of different topics and it's really interesting that it was made in the fifties. Yeah. And I don't know how offensive it would be to watch now. Like I haven't watched it since like the nineties probably. Yeah. I probably haven't watched it since high school. So it would be interesting, but I also, that would be another grain of salt of like, yes, this covers all these topics, but not in the best (laughs) way because I think he was very, like you were saying, how he's very sexually driven, but also it seems very judgmental. Because yeah. I think he was very open with his own sexuality and thought he was correct about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like his views on things were the right views. And then maybe he was very judgmental of anything outside of that circle. Which interestingly, and uh, Caitlin, you back me up on this. I feel like that's very much a filmmaker like so many filmmakers fall into that camp of like, no, this is how you make films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 everybody else is wrong. Yeah. And usually those people make kind of awful films. <laughs> or, or yeah, or at least the same film over and over right. again. So <laughs> exactly. that you're like, okay, maybe it would have been a good idea, but no, this it actually wasn't an idea. This is just the only thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and experimental filmmakers often fall into that as well, that like, no, filmmaking should be about experience, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was definitely a film school thing that you would, I remember in like script writing classes, like occasionally we would do blind readings of other people's scripts where you didn't know whose it was. Right. Oh my and God, there that's certain, so terrifying. There yeah. were certain students that you would read their script and you'd be like, oh, this is clearly Jason's script yeah. because yeah. it has the same themes. Well, sorry. 
I need to put my phone on the silent <laughs> there. We were talking about Jason. <laughs> yeah. But like, people like Jason uh, in your classes where you're saying that, like. mine was a Jason. See? Yeah. They're all Jasons. But you like read that. Oh, yeah. A, another guy gets his throat slit in this script. That seems to be a trend in your scripts, Jason. Like that's like your go to dramatic mm. moment in every story is like someone gets a throat slit. Yep. And. I think those things are weeded out hopefully through the years and those people don't usually get to make eight movies of people getting their throats slit but Ed Wood was one of those people who he was able to find money and donors and all this stuff to get his ideas at least screened once or twice in a theater well I think he was very like convincing Mm -hmm. I think he had the ability which is something I've always wanted like I don't have the ability to really sell myself no, me neither. You know, yeah. it's something that I find, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I find it dishonest or whatever, but I, f- I feel hard saying I'm the person you need to make this happen. Well, and I can do that. Like, I can be like, I can make your dream happen. I can't be like, hey, you guys help me make my dream uh, happen. Yeah, you uh, know? Yeah. Like. So, but he had the ability <laughs> yeah. to like um, do that. So let, let's get back to plan nine here. Um, the and I, worst movie ever made. Bullshit. That was only it's according not, to like one thing back in the eighties. They determined it was there. It was the called like the Golden Turkey Awards <laughs> or something like that. That was like a book that came out, and they called it the worst movie ever made and gave Ed Wood the worst director ever made or ever title. And that's like that's what I heard about Plan Nine at first because I think that's where I heard about it first. I heard about it on How I Met Your Mother. Interesting because. The guy who plays Ted and the woman from Scrubs are fighting about the worst movie ever. And he says, I don't remember. I think he says, oh, you mean Mono's Hands of Fate? And she says, no, I mean Plan 9 from Outer Space or vice versa. Just so we're clear, (laughs) Manos is a worse film than (laughs) this. Okay, cool. So that person, whoever said that in the show, they won. Yeah. There's also an episode of Seinfeld where they talk about Plan 9. It's the, the, the big famous like Chinese food episode where they're like, in line waiting for Chinese food for like ever uh, because they want to go get Chinese food and then they're going to a screening of Plan 9 after that. Hmm. Is, uh, but I don't think they actually end up going. <laughs> um, so yeah, Seinfeld. It's just, yeah. I think it's, yeah. it was very much in the public culture of just like, this is the worst movie ever made. But it's not un- enjoyable to watch. Right. And that's and the so thing maybe is, that's there's so many so more movies out there that are impossible to enjoy yeah that do still qualify as a movie yeah like there are some, that's a really good point there are some films that are just so horribly put together that it's not really a movie no. it's a collection of sort of scenes and things it's not really a movie this is a movie it has a yeah. beginning a middle and an end it has a story even if there are problems with the story yeah even if the plan doesn't make any sense even if the plan is dumb yeah like and the aliens are are dumb like it still is a movie and it's it's a cute movie like it is totally the the characters are cute it's like you yeah you root for the cute characters you (laughs) get mad at the bad alien who's like over explaining gasoline like i was like shut (laughs) up you know like you he's a bad guy you know yeah you know and i even kind of feel bad for the aliens because they're like i feel bad for the girl alien yes absolutely yeah she seems like she's just along for the ride on this dumb alien because her purpose is to what was it uh, where I come from, 
<laughs> women are meant to procreate the species, not yeah. make decisions or something. And I'm like, why is your only friend a girl? <laughs> this yeah. is weird. Yeah. 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 It, it's like, you're not that advanced of a civilization. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's, what? Also, <laughs> they can speak English and are so smart, but they had to wait for them to make the translation machine before they could talk to them. They don't speak English, actually. I, this came up in my research as well. Okay, cool. Uh, Riddle me this, moment, Matthew Gatos. <laughs> this is like, I found this under a like mistaken blooper thing where, yeah, because early on in the movie, the military is talking very in depth about like, we had to develop this translator, so we yeah. finally realized what they've been saying to and us. They're and all like, this stuff. you finally in- developed your translator. Yeah, yeah. But it turns out uh, there's apparently, and th- this is one of those moments where Edward often treats the audience like they're really dumb, but then other times does things that he just expects you to yeah. pick up on. <laughs> right. Is apparently when th- when they first walk into the UFO or whatever, you see the guy go like flip a switch, and that's supposed to be like a translating device. But then if they wanted the American, like if they wanted the humans to understand them, why didn't they give them a translating device? That's a great question. Also, (laughs) I have another question that maybe you came across in your research. Okay. When dead people turn into bones, why are they suddenly not wearing clothes, but only overcoats? I think in my research, I came across that question, but not an answer. (laughs) Because other people were wondering the same thing. They were like, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't. But at the same time, it it cinematically does the job that he wanted it to do. Oh, totally. Which is you realize, okay, that's no longer a threat. There's also another thing that makes zero sense that's said at least twice in the movie and they're talking again about like receiving the messages and stuff yeah and when the message cuts out they see her, they say it was because of atmospheric disruptions in outer space <laughs> yeah like there's like there was atmospheric interrupt inner like uh interruptions in outer space like that interference and I'm right like, it's why uh he the... couldn't uh why why he couldn't communicate to the home world yeah yeah because of atmospheric uh, interference in outer space. They knew about radiation then. They could have just said, ah, oh, it was radiation. Yeah, but atmospheric. Weird. Or they could have just said atmospheric disruptions and not add the outer space. Or remove the atmospheric and yeah. just say interference. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, there was, there, there was interference. Yeah. yeah. Just say that. <laughs> but the Or just, like, end it. you like don't have this like extra like it's that thing of like trying to over explain to the dumb audience yeah but doing it incorrectly right in doing so you have made things worse yeah because now i have more questions yeah like i yeah i did think it was a little weird that the one guy was buried in a tomb but i didn't think it was that weird until they were like why is he buried in a tomb (laughs) and then did not explain it nope i also thought it was weird that like this was like a three foot by three foot tomb that they were all inside of. And they all of. had to crouch into. Yeah, it was a big clown yeah. tomb. Awesome. Like, yeah. They yeah. all uh, were like coming out of there after his funeral. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. Also, uh, yeah. just It's one of those movies where you can start unraveling and there's just so many layers. Yeah. Because of... why? Why There should have been more risen dead. There were more recent dead people. Why weren't there more risen dead and people? And why is it just this one cemetery yeah. that they are going to go after? Like, and they you have see to, like, all of the flying saucers. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. And you see them as saucers, so when they land, why are they rectangles? <laughs> that was one thing. <laughs> and also the idea to just, uh, which I assume was a scripting thing of like, all right, we don't want to deal with all three of these flying saucers and a bunch of aliens. What do we do? We have the leader of the aliens just say he pulled back two of the ships <laughs> yeah. for resources. And it's like, 
That will leave me with just my ship. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> and only two actors to be involved in the next scene. Yeah. Yes. I did love that the leader was like, so what plan are you going with? Like, he was a very trusting leader. You know, he, like, really believed yeah. in his cadets The best part of that, though, was like, plan nine. And he pulls up two pieces of paper. He's like, ah, yes, plan nine. <laughs> <laughs> the reanimation of corpses from the planet Earth or whatever. Ah, yes. What were plans one through eight? Like, what were... They must I, have been trying them for a while. Plan one was just punch humans. They just want, That didn't work. You'd plan think that two. one of them would have been, like, blow up Earth, yeah. you know, if they had all this... Right, if they right. had the ability of the solar burnite or whatever it yeah. was, yeah. Um, you'd think you can just, so just blow up Earth. Yeah. That's just... Plan 10. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. Okay, we Plan 9 didn't work. Time for Plan 10. There was a remake of Plan 9. Somebody Wait, remade what? it. I think it's being remade. Or is it being remade? Yeah. I but was not a... like a high budget. Like it's no. a It's like people with camcorders. It's Ew. called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. Which was the original title of this movie. Okay. Oh. And it's um, directed by Christopher Caller... Okay. And Ed Wood is credited as creator. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, because at least, and some of uh, this fact comes more from the Ed Wood movie mm-hmm. by Tim Burton. So again, it could have been dramatized. But at least uh, the the true part of this is that this movie was uh, partially funded by a Baptist church yep. <laughs> group. What? Um, and actually the two uh, like grave diggers in the cemetery are people who were just part of the church. Um was it their cemetery? Because why did those <laughs> graves fall over so easily when cops <laughs> fell on them? But the the That's story adorable. in the movie, Ed Wood, is that he wanted to call it Grave Robbers from Outer Space. And the donors who were giving all the money were like, eh, we don't like how that sounds. We don't want to be associated with that. Can you call it something else? And so uh, apparently it did run or screen a couple times with the title Grave Robbers from Outer Space, and then was retitled Plan 9 from Outer Space. Right. So what if, and this is, it's been a while since I've seen Ed Wood. Yeah. um, But my understanding is somebody, he knew, he came into contact with this person who wanted to make movies that were about their religion, I think, or that were. Yeah, he, uh, at least in the movie Ed Wood again. Yeah. Like I said, the knowledge that comes from that movie, I can't Could be dramatized, it's hard to say. Um, But yeah, in that movie, it's. A, like a Baptist church group who wants to make movies um, based on like Bible stories. Yes. And he like agrees to help them if they will help him. Mm-hmm. It's like gotcha. a little bit of a trade off. And well, and he kind of has the, at least in the movie, he has the attitude of like, you got to make, you know, sometimes you have to make yes. a schlocky thing first. He's going to, the know. plan is to make all the money yes. with plan nine and then use that money to make the Bible movies because he doesn't think they will make money. Now, the reason I bring this up yeah. is because I got to work on a film when I was in college where not this exact thing, but a director who had the idea, I'm going to make this really raunchy, crappy movie mm-hmm. so that I can take the money that I make from it and then make art movies. And that was his thing. Now, this the footage was all stolen at some <laughs> point. And I'm glad because I was an actor in it and I was terrible. I, I, and I was saying... Nick, you were in porn? Uh, okay, so here's the other part of the oh, story wow. that's great. Yeah, that should, should have been a quick no. Um, our, other, our other podcast, Nick's John. Nick's John. Coming at ya. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I, I went to a reading and I read this script and I thought it was, it was amusing. It was just I was playing a, a hitman. Um, 
it was sort of a, a, a riff on Pulp Fiction. Like the hitmen okay. were super cool, but super cool in like a funny way. Like yeah. they were just, they were over the top. And I hadn't seen Apocalypse Now yet, so I didn't realize that the lines that I was reading were supposed to be like they were a spoof on Apocalypse Now. Okay. Um, anyway, and it was funny because like I'm a very polite person usually <laughs> and these lines were awful, but it was, you know, whatever. Um Oh man. And then one I want morning this film to come out somehow, <laughs> it was, some way. It was called Dolly Ganja. And it was about this That's the name of the movie? Yeah. What does that even mean? It's a uh, well and I, when Ganja I was, means marijuana. I know that. <laughs> but when I, I know. Sweet innocent Kayla just hit herself in the face with the microphone. I so I I asked what does it mean? And he says, Oh, you haven't heard of the Dolly Thai Buddha Thai skunk bud or whatever? And what I was like, were those words? What? Wait, is it like Dalai Lama? Yeah, except Dalai Ganja. Okay. So I'm like <laughs> the, probably offensive. Yeah, probably. <laughs> to yeah, lots of lots of people. So, um, but anyway, one morning I'm not supposed to be on set, but I get a call from the producer, and he says, "Nick." I'm like, "Yeah." He says, "Are you ready for your nude scene today?" <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? And he said, yeah, in the uh So the when you say club. all the footage was stolen, <laughs> does that mean you stole? It was stole, stolen and burned by Nick stole Jenkins. You all the footage, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to cop to anything. <laughs> uh, but he kept trying to convince me, like, yeah, this is what you signed on for. And I was like, no, I was supposed to be the fucking hitman. What? <laughs> what? And he's like, yeah, the strip club scene. And then there was this long silence because there was no way I was going to do this. And then he said, wrong Nick. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, I'm so sorry. I have Nick written down as a phone number. The other Nick for the strip stripper scene is a different Nick. I'm so sorry. That's amazing. Yeah. And I was just so confused. And, um, and the, you know, we did, I don't know, probably f- five, ten days on set. But his attitude was like, yeah, I'm making this really raunchy, awful movie so I can take that money and then make the art films I want to make. And that man's name that... is Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. I so think how did that's that work just out like a him, terrible though? idea because then it's like, yeah, you're asking all, you're calling in all your favors for this movie that you don't care about. Yeah. That's not right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're telling people that you don't care yeah. about it. No one else is going to care about it. Yeah. That's it's like, like one when of you're the... like, I wrote this uh, homework assignment like 10 minutes ago, so. It's a poem, but it's not very good. You know, like you're trying to make get people to forgive you for this like stupid thing, but just like then make it good. Just own it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I learned from a lot of the directing books I read, uh, especially Sidney Lumet, who directed things like 12 Angry Men. His attitude was always like, it doesn't matter if you're doing it for a paycheck. You work your butt off. Yeah. And you try to make it And you have to care about it because the actors have to care about it. Exactly. Yeah. Like that is your job. And it's just such a fucking hard job. Holy shit. Then why would why would you do it to put out a shitty product? Like if you wanna if you wanna make a bunch of money, do something else. I mean, that's kind of what Adam Sandler's gotten himself into, is he's basically churning out just crap so he and his friends can just keep making money. Um, That is I mean, he signed like a six picture picture deal with Netflix and put out one so far yeah. that that's was super racist and awful. Yeah. Terrible. I actually haven't seen I it. I haven't but, seen it either. But, but it was like a local ha- story because they shot it in Wyoming? I don't know. They just like treated Native American people yeah. like yeah. Native American people are all the same. And, just and also like, cartoonishly. Uh, yeah. Them to like yeah. So behave so cartoonishly and they all walked off set yeah. smartly. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think I, I attempted to watch that movie. Did, it did not last Really? Uh, I remember yeah. when it came out. It, I can watch Plan 9 all the way through oh, a dozen yeah. times. I, I, 
what's it? The Dirty Eight? Or Ridiculous Six. I Ridiculous think. Six. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's uh, it's garbage from what I hear. But yeah. But apparently he's in a brand new movie that is supposed to be great. Yeah, so, he's getting this, like Oscar buzz or something for this new movie. But like yeah. his 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 theatrical productions of like Grown Ups, Grown Ups Two, Jack and Jill. Yeah, like it's very clear their product placement. They're there just to make money, so he and his friends can make money. That being said, everyone who knows Adam Sandler says he's one of the nicest human beings. Yeah, and he's and he really cares about his friends, and he can act really well. Yeah, he can. Yeah, and I think that uh, getting back to Ed Wood a little bit, I think that's why that cop is the same in both movies. Yeah, is because Ed Wood had his players, mm-hmm. and they weren't the mm-hmm. best actors he could find they were the actors he could find and he had a group of people who were willing to go with him on his strange missions to make movies <laughs> yeah. and were willing to act and play this part without probably ever reading a script beforehand right and he got this little group of people that just showed up in all of his work yep and, and he I probably mean, had a blast the whole way through yeah and he like had his little characters he like he had Tor Johnson act yep. in multiple films because he's like I have a giant monster man why won't I I just use him in everything yeah, yeah. god he was great yeah yeah and his uh, funeral seemed to be immediately after he died though <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he died and the next scene is people at next to a grave yeah and I'm like did that happen immediately? Were you guys just prepared for these yeah. deaths? Well, and it's just so funny. Like, the timeline, like, it feels like all the things that we're seeing are happening. Like, it feels like everything that happens. I know there's, like, days in between. It does but feel it like feels a day. feels like it's a day. Yeah. But then also, like, apparently these aliens have been watching for eons, and now they're just up to plan nine. Yeah. <laughs> I also, yeah, I also love that, though, when the military guy is talking about, um, we've known about them forever. Like, we yeah. see them all the time. They don't always visit or they don't always make contact he's like just talking to like a random private in the army yeah. just like yeah. one general and a private and he's just like spilling all of these yeah. secrets as if he would just like spill it he'd be like oh yeah by the way like don't tell anybody anything i just told you because i like, probably wasn't supposed to just a practice mission <laughs> yeah he's we're a just good shooting private. at the clouds yeah <laughs> just shoot at the clouds yeah. those were both better performances than <laughs> what was on that that backdrop yeah the the sky which he was casting a shadow yeah. on yeah. oh god yeah you can see the ring yeah, yeah. yeah it's... I did. I did rewind it at that part though because they were saying like Captain da, 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 Edward or something like that, and they said his first name, and then they go on and say Captain Edward, but they say it so fast that I thought they changed his name to Captain Ed Wood halfway through that scene, <laughs> and I was like, what? And I went back and I had to like listen really carefully. There is a point at which the uh, the husband pilot character calls his wife by the actress's name and not her. I name. thought her name changed too. Yeah, because oh, her name is like Darla or something like that. And he calls her Mona, which Mona's her Mona's real, name. real name. Yeah. That really happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just, just calls her Mona in a scene and it's like, well, I guess you could play that off as like a pet name maybe, yeah. but it's just... Mona. Yeah. But it's, it's her actual <laughs> real life name. I can't believe that was a real thing That's that awesome. happened. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to bring something up and I told Nick about this earlier that was something I found out that was fascinating and especially if it's true which after checking out the actual film I think it had to be look it makes sense yes it makes a lot of sense is that Ed Wood intended this film to be projected in widescreen format 169 169 it's 4-3 right and it's like some of the framing I'm like what the hell what yeah every release of the film you will find is like 4-3 uh and shoebox format. Yeah, and so he intended it to be cropped. So therefore, the things like you were pointing out, like the pilot's 
controls wouldn't be in the frame. Totally. The boom shadows of the mic overhead wouldn't be in the frame. um, Flying saucer? Flying saucer would be in there. Like all of this stuff and the weird like headspace and the framing and the weird composition of some of the shots (gasps) wouldn't exist. And to test this theory, uh, my my TV has the little handy dandy zoom feature where you can zoom in. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I watched some of the scenes that way, and they look so much better. Yeah, like, sometimes the, though there is like a half a face on the right side or something though that. There, uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Especially but, that funeral scene. Yes, but, but there's absolutely uh, the composition and the framing of some scenes was much more dramatic and much more like cinematic. Yeah, and yeah. like these two are having a tense conversation, and so it's like close up to their face. But in the uncropped version, it looks like just a regular medium shot with a lot of headroom. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I don't – it's not that intense. Right. And even the opening with Criswell, like, it gets to a close-up in the yeah. cropped version. Like, it is just – the top of the frame is the top of his head, and the bottom of the frame is his chin. And it's just a giant head talking to you. That's awesome. That and is it's, actually It's really a really interesting way to watch the movie, and I wish there would be an official, like – Blu-ray, restoration, non-colorized, like properly cropped version of this movie released because I would love to watch it in that way. I mean, they're doing a lot of that. So like we have a, there's a 4K, I believe a 4K um, restoration of um, Manos. Yeah. On Blu-ray. Wow. So I would. If they're spending money on that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Because of Mystery Science Theater, I think Manos has a little bit maybe more. It's a bigger cult following. Yeah. uh, So it's. I also have read that there's not a lot of, there was not a lot of original prints of Plan 9. There was like maybe a couple dozen prints total. Right. And so I don't know if any of them even exist anymore. That's the big thing. Um, I think Hal Warren, who owned probably owned the rights to Manos, probably had it was probably in his house. Would be my mm. guess. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a real possibility that there's just not a lot out there to work with. Yeah, because I, I mean, watching it zoomed in on my TV is one thing, but the quality of that is yeah. zooming into a like standard definition copy of a DVD kind right. of thing, and it just it looks way worse than intended. Right, and if you don't know this, like. Even though it says standard definition, most DVD, the compression is actually less than standard definition. Yeah. So you're getting it at like 320. Yeah, which is something that pretty much we care about. But that's true. (laughs) The average person I have found uh, from being annoying throughout most of my life (laughs) that the average person does not care about image quality when it comes to Blu ray, DVD, all that stuff. Like, I would say the average person does not care. Yeah. Yeah. The people who care are film snobs like us mm-hmm. um and or people who work in the industry yes and the the middle ground there are the people who buy the bulk yeah. are the people who are told it's better buy it yeah because i used to work at sears and i was the person telling them that <laughs> <laughs> and you can convince like uh, a 50 year old couple of just saying that like this tv is better than the tv you currently have and they right. will buy it but it's uh I was trying to explain to my sister why her TV was so awful. Like, she has, like, one of those better TVs, but it smooths everything out. Yep. It's for sports. The, oh, like, the 120 yeah. hertz setting oh on your God. TV. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. I was like, this show Warning to so the terrible. entire audience listening to this podcast. Not a warning. Advice. Do this. If you have the <laughs> sports mode, film mode, 120 hertz mode, or whatever it is on your TV, turn it off 
because your TV looks dumb. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a soap opera from the yeah. 90s. And you'll yeah. like TV better if you turn it off. And this is something that I complain about. Probably I will complain about on every episode of this, which <laughs> is like that was the thing that um, Peter Jackson was trying to push with The it, Hobbit. With the Hobbit was seeing it in the 48 frames 48 frames per second because it would be smoother in 3D and everybody's like yeah it's smoother i don't want to watch this no yeah yeah it, yeah cuz it doesn't it looks cheap it looks cheap yeah. you, and it it hides the power of 24 frames per second the power of of cinema at that range is it helps hide it helps mask a lot of the imperfections in things like makeup and and shadows and the way things it, so it's so like you can get sucked in and to the yeah. world easier. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a reason that digital like filmmaking has gone to try and be as much like film as possible exactly. is because that's the look that feels natural, that feels mm-hmm. right. Like 24 frames a second is not how we see the real world. No. But that's how we want to watch movies and that's what feels cinematic. And I when I walk into like a Best Buy or <laughs> something or, or my parents' house yeah. <laughs> and I see their TV set to like that 120 hertz setting, I'm it pains me. I have I house sat for a friend once and I while I was house sitting, I changed their TV because I couldn't stand to watch TV in their yeah. house. I did the exact same thing. See? I couldn't figure out how to do it in my sister's house. I'll have to, I'll have to call you next time I'm there. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God, how can they do this? And they just they don't even it. know because they they're just used to it. Thing. Yeah. I think mine calls it film mode, which claims to detect the source yeah. thing and will change the frame rate depending it's on that. Lie. I'm like, you can't detect what this was shot on. No. You're not that smart, no. smart TV. Um, no, because there's nothing to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it wow, just turns a, into a 35 is, millimeter projector. That was a digression. <laughs> yeah. Was, but <laughs> I feel like an important one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. So that's what the, that's the, the, what we're angry about this week's segment. <laughs> um, It'll be the same every week. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents' TV settings. <laughs> we even put it in a crash course film with, oh, nice. uh, with uh, Craig when he was talking awesome. about video where he was. Like, fix your TV, mom and dad. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, my mom and dad have HD cable mm-hmm. with an HD TV. They will watch the SD channels oh. stretched out to the width of yep. their HD TV. And I'm like, mom, you see when you look at it, it says watch an HD. If you hit this button, not only does it look better, but it's the appropriate dimensions, and Rachel yeah. Ray's face isn't stretched out. I know. It's like, how do you not notice that that's not how that person's face looks? Yeah. <laughs> like, and think about how much happier your son will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much of a more well-adjusted of this. son you'll have if you could just – anyway. Um, anything uh, else we need to Rachel say about uh, Plan 9? Oh, oh, man. Final thoughts on Plan 9 from outer space. Do we want to jump into rating or – Hmm. Uh, Sure. Yeah, I'm trying Maybe to think, I'll think if I have some any final thoughts final while we're thoughts. rating it. Yeah. Okay. You want me to start? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I rate mine like storms. Mm-hmm. Category one being eh, it's not you know nothing much. It's kind of a pleasant storm. Category five <laughs> being you know shit's getting damaged. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I feel that way with bad movies. I'm gonna give this a category three. All right. Okay. Now. That is probably mainly because of how dumb it is. <laughs> that That is the thing that is pushing it further than Troll for me, because Troll is only a two. Yeah. I would rather watch Plan 9 than Troll. But you're saying as far as the bad movie scale, this is a worse movie. But I'm saying it's a worse movie. I'm saying it is a more incompetently made movie than Troll, but it is more entertaining 
as well. So that's I'm kind of weird, but I'm going to go with three category cool. three for that. All right, Caitlin, are you prepared? I think so. So I was I was kind of thinking about your storm level, and so I was thinking like a ten is is a really bad movie, and so I was thinking like because I sometimes have movies that I'm like God, I wish I would have made that movie. Mm. Oh yeah. And so I I was thinking my one would be I wish I would have made that movie. So like it's bad and I could do better. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. What kind of what, what oh. movie would qualify as a one? If well, you in terms of like really like the most vehemently I feel about this is like, this is a good movie, but Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, okay. Is okay. like yeah. I <laughs> wish I would have made that movie so much. Like I just love everything about it, and it's like ideas that I've played with that I could never make a thing. Mm. Right. Um, so that would be, but like maybe it'd be like an one on the other side of that scale because it's a good movie but so like i wish i could have made that movie because it looks fun and they made it in a day obviously so that would have been really fun um and then 10 i wish i had never even seen that movie <laughs> yeah um and it oh, made God. my life worse and so this my one, life is worse yeah, yeah because i've seen this movie this one like i don't wish i would have made it because i think it is really dumb <laughs> <laughs> but i would love to like make a dumb alien movie with my friends, so I feel like maybe a four is how right. I'm gonna grade this one. Middle of the road, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I think I disliked Troll a lot more than you did, Nick. Yeah, I think um, you did. Like, if I was using your scale, Caitlin, like Troll would be high up on that yeah. scale of like, I kind of wish I'd never watched that. We're and approaching I don't really a nine. Need to see it again, <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas Plan Nine, I've seen dozens of times. I enjoy it. I do find it. It's more boring than troll as far as like troll at least dumb stuff happens every couple minutes uh in plan nine you're like sitting there like listening to these very over-the-top conversations with forced dialogue and you're just like oh god please be the next scene please be the next scene (laughs) um but that said uh my scale that i read things on because i arbitrarily threw this out last time was uh one to five Possessed mushroom puppets. Oh, good. Be- obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, based on troll, and I use it as a general like one to five star rating of how much I enjoyed the experience sure. of watching the film. I gave troll a think I think a one. Possessed mushroom puppet. I think you gave maybe it a two. two. I think you okay. gave it a two. I could be wrong about that. All right, we'll have to go back and check. Yeah, it maybe doesn't age well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah maybe a <laughs> week the more after. I think about it, I'm like, fuck, I really hated that movie. <laughs> um, but I would give Plan Nine a solid three out of five possessed mushroom puppets. Nice, that's fair. Because, We're all middle of the road on this. Yeah, yeah, very much. Like it's definitely not the worst movie ever made. It isn't, and I'm actually kind of the the longer I'm alive, the more that actually kind of offends me. That somebody the, felt the need to call yeah, it out. Yeah. The, the worst director ever one offends me more. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Without those two things, we wouldn't have gotten the movie, Ed Wood. Um, like, so there is Probably. a silver lining. Yeah. Is that it put Ed mm-hmm. Wood and this movie into like the public again. Yeah. So it became a better movie called Ed Wood. Um, <laughs> and it is a terrific movie. I really recommend you cool. check it out. It's it's a wonderful biopic. Um, that is still yeah. quirky and fun. Um, Does it have Elijah Wood in it too? Nope. No. Oh, what am I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see that, and but it's still, it still it really gripes me, and I, I think partially that's because I have such an. I don't, uh, this is going to sound really conceited when I say it, <laughs> and I apologize for that. But I have I have such a literacy of bad movies and bad directors that 
it's it's frustrating for me to to hear Ed Wood is the worst. Yeah, because he's well, especially because it does feel like again, it's so much of that like your twelve year old nephew vibe that if like your nephew brought this film to you, you're like, yeah, dude, you're the worst filmmaker <laughs> ever. Like, sorry, you suck. <laughs> Try again, or you know what? Don't, don't, yeah. don't. Just, just give up. Yeah. And this is the thing. If I had seen Plan Nine. I would be telling whoever made it, I would say, go ahead and make another film. This is adorable. Yeah. Like, I, I want to see yeah. what else you can do. I don't do. want to give you money. But... No, I'm yeah. not going to give you, this is not <laughs> something. for a ticket when it comes out. Yes. I'm not going to give you any more than eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not, in, this is not an investment. Yeah. This is not investment material, but this is fucking adorable. Yeah. As opposed to a lot of other films that we'll talk about on the show, like Coleman Francis and, um... Hal Warren, obviously, that where their films just make you feel bad and they're just and it's there is something about Plan 9 and his other films that is weirdly invigorating. Like it is it, you look at him, you, you know what? Good. You you tried. Yeah. Real hard. Yeah. And so, yeah, I Best don't know. intentions. Best intentions. Yeah. I agree. So at the end of the show, what we like to do is talk about something that's real good <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of times and I feel weird because. You know what? Plan Nine is not that bad. Yeah, of a film. we came out positively. Yeah, I I, yeah. I actually enjoy the film for what it is. Um, and there are a lot of multi-million-dollar films that are released to theaters that I would I would rather watch Plan Nine than. So, good on you, Ed Wood, <laughs> uh, wherever you are. Uh, but still, we like to recommend something that we think is real good. Matt, we're going to start with you. Okay. Um, I mean, it feels very obvious to recommend Ed Wood, but I would do it. I feel like that's appropriate yeah because it really is um i think you can even watch them in either order if you want if you haven't seen plan nine before hearing this episode of the podcast i would go watch plan nine so you have that frame of reference but also watch ed wood Mm -hmm. and maybe even watch ed wood first because you get a feeling of who this guy was what went into his life what went into the making of this movie and maybe then you can watch it in a different light and you can appreciate it as you watch it of like, okay, I get why this is maybe bad <laughs> um, without just watching it cold and being like, oh, God, guys, why did you give this a three? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, though, of other in the same genre type movies, which is what I'm having trouble pulling because it is a very specific dumb story. It is. That's... I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's from I, similar time. I mean, it's not very similar, but like, you know, you got Night of the Living Dead. and Yeah, you know. like it has zombie vibes to it. Right. But not good zombie vibes. No, no, it doesn't. Because think... the zombies also don't do anything. Nope. They pick people up and then they drop them. Yep. That's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's fine. Yeah. No, I think Ed Wood's a perfectly good yeah. recommendation. I think that's a, a and and it is really good. It is like that is I agree with you. I think that's Tim Burton's best work, and, and I think it's Johnny Depp's best work. And I think you can watch it and not even know that it's Tim Burton. Yeah, because I know a lot of people out there just kind of cast off Tim Burton, like they don't like his stuff. But I, Ed Wood, you will not even really know uh, it is a Tim Burton film. But it has Johnny Depp. It has Bill Murray. Has Patricia Arquette? Uh, yeah, George the Animal Steel. Yep, um, a lot, a very good ensemble. Of I mean, people. Martin Landau also won an Oscar for that movie. Yeah, so Martin Landau. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Martin Landau plays Bela Lugosi. Yeah, and he's oh rad, terrific. Yeah. yeah, he is absolutely terrific in that film. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker is in it. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, 
She's Everyone's like, great. Do I really, Good movie. Go watch it. Wood. Face really look like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patricia Arquette, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which we talk about Patricia Arquette in every episode so far. Nice. Because she, she's going to be in the remake of Troll. Yeah. Apparently. Which oh my is God, weird. That's awesome. Well, now it's got to you got to you got to work her into every episode. Okay. Yeah. I think I can do this. Yeah. I think I can do this. Uh, Caitlin, what's real good? Well. I forgot that we were going to do this part. <laughs> so I was just racking my brain while you were talking about Sorry, I wasn't super listening. Would you recommend that um, movie that Elijah Wood is in? Oh, yeah, I should. What movie was that? Uh, maybe I just because his last name is Wood. That oh. must be where I made that, that might. cross. I didn't even... <laughs> oh, Both well. E. Wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> he's the Elijah Wood son of Ed Wood. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. Um. All right. So to give Caitlin just another second, <laughs> my real good is another podcast that I've been listening to, which fills my life with joy. And it is called Do Go On. And it is uh, three Australian comedians. And uh, one of them, every week, one of them uh, is given a, t- a topic that they have to do a report on. And the other two just sort of try to derail them for the whole <laughs> for the whole report. But I have learned so much, and they are all such charming, adorable people that the podcast is really, really wonderful. And it's, mm-hmm. it comes out, I think, every Wednesday. And I learned things that, like, I, I didn't think I wanted to learn about. Yeah. But then I did, like uh, the Shackleton expedition. And, and it, they're just all three such great storytellers that if you have an extra, I don't know, I think it's like an hour and a half podcast, but it's great, great storytellers, uh, wonderful stuff. Their last one was on Jim Henson and the Muppets. And it was oh, just like, cool. <laughs> what? I said, I'm in. Yeah. That's like the number one topic that is like, it's always in like in the, the last 10 things I Googled is like something Jim Henson related. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's great. I learned so much uh, yeah. about Jim Henson and the history of the Muppets. And it was just, yeah. uh, again, they're they're really good at what they do. So that's my real cool. good right now. Cool. Um, well, I was trying to think of a bunch of things that are related. And I've like, obviously, you know, I watch How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> and um, But I was thinking, so I'm glad that you said another podcast, too, because I was earlier today listening to Stuff You Missed in History Class podcast about... Um, and they just talk about something that's, like, pretty old. They try not to do, like, super recent, but sometimes they will do more recent stuff. So I was trying to look up if they had an episode about Edward or vampires. They do have an episode about vampires. Nice. Um, and they have an episode, a few, I think, about, like, people being afraid of alien invasions. Um, but the one I listened to most recently is about Disney's Haunted Mansion and the history of that. Oh, that's cool. Which is super cool. And like, so you guys are both recommending things that are like <laughs> dear my <to> ideal <laughs> listening experiences. Yeah, because like Disney, Park History, and Jim Henson and the Muppets are like, that's the two halves of my brain. Yeah, like, I didn't know that I was... So I just went to Disneyland for the first time as an adult this year oh, when man. we were all at VidCon. Yeah. And... um. I went to Haunted Mansion first, and I was like, I am in love with this. And then I love that podcast, So, but I had never listened to that one because I was like, I've never been there. I'm not going to listen to that. But it's so good and really interesting and talks about people coming back from the dead. So I thought it could kind of fit. It kind of yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what was the name of it again? It's called Stuff You Missed in History Class, and it's these two women, and they kind of take turns majorly researching the topic, but I think they both do. Mm-hmm. And then... They're always trying to find something lighthearted, and they always end up telling these like heartbreaking stories because a lot of history is. So then, when they do get something lighthearted, like <laughs> the 
haunted mansion they get so excited <laughs> and it's really it's super cute that's great yeah. I, on, on do go on they also do like they'll do the history of like a serial killer yeah and and it gets pretty dark but they're all comedians so it's like it's also hilarious but darkly hilarious but you're not left like just drained after listening to it no but you yeah. do feel like you've been on a journey <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, probably, yeah. And uh, they also do a lot of stuff that's, they're Australian, so they do a lot of Australian history. Cool. Which I'd heard of things like Burke and Wills. Yeah. And then when they do it, I'm like, this is amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love podcasts now. I'm, uh, <laughs> I didn't think I would ever be that person, but man. I'm Good just, thing. Because yeah. yeah. I'm making one. Yeah, yeah. I know. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this has been Nick Jenkins. You can find me at NG Jenkins on Twitter. That's probably my preferable place. Also, at Real Bad Pod uh, should be up now, hopefully. <gasps> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, Caitlin. I'm Caitlin Hoffmeister, and I make the slash shows in the Holy Fucking Sciences. And I also have a podcast called You're Doing Just Fine, where I talk to people about things we don't, don't always talk about that are really hard. Um, and you can find that at justfinepodcast.com. And you can find me at Snarky Fern on Twitter and at Kate Fern Hoff on Instagram. Sorry, I don't have consistent naming. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs> I just prefer people go to Twitter. That's my favorite place. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if I, if there's any important links, I'll link you from my Twitter. Yes, Perfect. I, I I agree with that. Um, Matt. Yeah, I am Matthew Gatos. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at Matthew Gatos on all, all those things. Uh, yeah, I'm a producer of Animal Wonders and Sexplanations and The Financial Diet, and you should watch those things as well at their yeah. respective YouTube channels. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. We will be back next week with a, shall I say, bigger budget film. Ooh, a um, tease. It's a tease. So, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.